Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are one quarter out of the season. Yes, week four is done. We're going to week five, and quarter way done. It didn't come without its share of surprises. Well, not necessarily surprises, but things that we kind of expected, but we, you know, until it actually happens, uh, now it's becoming kind of the norm, but. Week four was the first time that we've seen where you saw flex games happen because of some positive tests with COVID-19, um, some false positive for, for that matter. Uh, last week, the Lions and the Saints, there was a scare on that Saturday night about a false positive. Uh, it was tested positive. They tested again. It was a false positive test that did compromise the NFL schedule, such as Cam Newton getting tested positive him belonging on the New England Patriots in which, uh, upon further testing, they flexed out that game without Cameron Newton. And they played Monday night, Monday night football, Patriots and Chiefs. And so that was a doubleheader with the Falcons and Packers at the latter game. But just shows that amidst 2020, it is a real thing. Um, I know that a lot of people were kind of panicking and just saying that Maybe the season needs to take a halt, uh, that the season needs to get canceled altogether. Uh, But thankfully, at least for now, knock on wood, uh, they are just using this flexibility that they kind of put ahead of the NFL season and trying to make way with it, switching some buys. uh, And from what I understand as well, I mean, technically, you know, the Super Bowl and all that starts early February, but... Give and take, there is an ability to delay whatever uh, for an additional four weeks. And so, will that happen? I don't know. But it is a bit of a scare as we go to right at that week four, right as we go into the quarterway of the season. Just showing that, hey, uh, this is a real threat and it could really compromise the season. So, I'm hoping that things do manifest itself and things kind of get better as they come along. I know that for Major League Baseball, for example, early in the season, there was a scare. uh, And after that, it kind of figured itself out. I don't know. Apples to apples, maybe. Baseball to football. We'll see what happens. But let's go ahead and talk some NFC West football as we go into week five. Looking at the standings right now, stack division per usual because Seahawks are undefeated at 4-0. They just came off, I won't say a convincing win, but a business-as-usual sort of win against the Dolphins, in which they are now 4-0, and they were, what was the score for that game? That game was 31-23. 31-23, in which they took care of business. They kind of pulled away at the end, uh, right around the fourth quarter, but it's worth noting that their defense still remains a work in progress. Uh, Their pass defense, their pass rush collectively, they're without Jamal Adams. He's going to be out until, I think, week seven or so. Um, so they've been able to put up points, but I'm just saying 4-0 uh, nonetheless. Rams, that was an interesting one in which they were like 13, 13 and a half point favorites against the Giants at home. It wasn't pretty at first. Super under. They came out 17-9 to in which we saw Cooper Cup. Nice Yacked catch after the run in which he got about a 50-yard, 54-yard touchdown. Uh, It was good to see 
that uh, you know for this for this uh, offense it wasn't the prettiest per se. I mean, it wasn't really good for fantasy football unless you had Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had that 55-yard touchdown, but everything else was kind of quiet. Shout out to the defense though for the Rams. While the offense wasn't killing it per se, the defense did its thing. Aaron Donald, shout out. They held Danny Dimes to 109 passing yards. One pick, no touchdowns. So they come out with the win, and they are 3-1. and one. Now let's go to, quote-unquote, the bottom tier of the NFC West. All things considered, it's not too bad. If you compare that to, I don't know, the NFC East with the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, what have you. But speaking of, Niners, they are... Surprisingly, they are 2-2, two and two, in which that game for Sunday Night Football, they were favored by 7 at home, a game that was very much winnable, uh, mind you, but they lost 25-20 to 20 to the Eagles. Nick Mullins, backup, kind of reminded people of why he is a backup in the National Football League. Pick 6, a uh, couple of turnovers for that matter, uh, including a, f- a fumble. They actually had to pull him out late, and they put in C.J. Beathard. They actually had a Hail Mary chance of taking the lead, but nonetheless, this offensive line and everything else altogether puts them winless at home. And so the Niners are 2-2. Two and two. Conversely, the Cardinals, they played the Panthers on the road. And this was kind of a game where I thought Kyler Murray and this passing offense, actually this offense altogether would get their shit together. Despite being on the road, this Panthers defense isn't good. So I thought that after losing to the Lions that they would get their stuff back intact and really push forward for this game, but they didn't. Cardinals lost 21-31 to to the Panthers in which, you know, um, and we can get to this for this upcoming game, but this offense just wasn't good. It wasn't good. I think Kyler Murray threw for, yeah, like 30, 35 passing attempts and averaged about four yards per completion wasn't good a lot of horizontal dink and dunk stuff that affected the run game they couldn't really get much in the run game and you know Kyler Murray had a if you look at it I mean uh three touchdowns great but 133 passing yards and that's not going to get it done so they lose 31 to 21 and so that's the uh that's the NFC West right now Seahawks 4-0 Rams 3-1 Cardinals 2-2, two and, two, and Niners 2-2. Two and two. So let's go ahead and look into the Week 5 matchups at hand for the NFC West, starting with the first slate of morning games. So you have those Cardinals. Cardinals are going on the road to New York, or New Jersey, what have you, but they're going to MetLife Stadium. And I'm sure from all the chatter that was with the Niners when they took their trip to New York, they weren't too happy about the stadium, the field. I'm hoping that that does improve as we go along into the season. Perhaps by now, the season kind of forces the turf to get, I guess, better broken into. Uh, so less injuries. But anyways, I'm just talking aloud. But going into to this game, there was actually, uh, there was some, speaking of COVID-19, there was some concern Earlier this week, there was a Jets player that tested positive for COVID-19. And that kind of puts things on tilt going into this week. 
but they retested that player and they found out that kind of similar to the Lions and Saints, it was a false positive test. And so the Cardinals flew to New York and they are set to play. As of now, they are set to play. And this is a game where the Cardinals were favored by seven. Over under is 47 and a half. And, you know, being on the road completely on the other coast, the reason why it's a seven point spread is because, well, not only do the Jets suck, but they suck even more because Sam Darnold is out this game with a shoulder injury. So uh, for those that kind of forgot, Joe Flacco is still in the league and Joe Flacco is the backup. And he's the backup that becomes the starting quarterback of those New York Jets. So you have Joe Flacco, you have James and Crowder, uh, this Jets team that we're kind of familiar with early in the year. A good run defense, but just overall uh, a defense that isn't particularly good. This is a Jets team that isn't particularly good. So this is one of those games where I'm not really going to talk more so about the Jets players as I am about the Cardinals and what they need to do to handle their business on the road. Because just think about it. This is a Cardinals team the last couple weeks. They are sputtering after starting 2-0 and with convincing wins against the Niners uh, in which DeAndre Hopkins was balling. He was, you know, he still is, but, you know, top five receiver in the league in, in receiving yards. Uh, and offense with the air raid where things are supposed to open up and get better for this run game. But the last two weeks, you really haven't seen that. Like I mentioned before, last week, 130 passing yards, averaged four or five yards per pass completion. And when you have the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, like you're supposed to have a vertical passing game. And that just hasn't happened yet. And because that hasn't happened yet, a lot of defenses have just been kind of playing it safe in their zone coverage, just containing. And that hasn't helped the run game. If anything, this offensive line has not done a good job in both pass protection and run blocking. And you're seeing it. I think uh, between Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, they're averaging, what, 3.5, 3.6 yards per carry. Uh, it's just a, not a good balance offensive att- attack right now. And I know Kyler Murray is better than this right now. Uh, sure, he has his struggles uh, the previous week against the Lions, and that kind of went over to the Panthers. But, you know, I really thought that the game against the Panthers would be his rebound game to prove to the pundits that everything is going back on track. But that didn't happen. And so perhaps this is the rebound game for Kyler Murray and this offense. And they've had a couple of big plays down the field to Andy Isabella. Uh, that was certainly on display a couple times this season. But, you know, for the most part, they haven't taken shots down the field. And that is worrisome because, you know, this is, I mean, shoot, they call it the air raid offense, right? Uh, If you're just doing dink and dunk, that is not good football for an air raid sort of offense. So, I mean, they don't really use their tight ends at all, especially in their 10 personnel. And I was expecting more Uh, Pass catching from the running backs, especially within Kenyon Drake and Chester Edmonds, who are certainly capable pass catchers. So I am calling out this Cardinals offense to get their shit together. Uh, Kyler Murray is more than capable of getting a swag. I don't know what the case is internally. Maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe it's the playmaking, the play calling. But they have an opportunity to really get back on track, despite being on the road, despite being on the turf for MetLife. I mean, you're playing a junior varsity sort of team in the Jets. Uh, 
the Niners, with their B squad, manhandled the Jets. And I don't see why the Cardinals cannot do that either. Whether it's on the ground with Kenyon Drake, whether it's through the air with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this is a Jets team that is reeling. This is a Jets team that is not on the same page of what they want to do offensively with Adam Gates and his play calling. So I, you know, I'm not really even going to talk about the Jets. This is a game where the Cardinals need to take care of business, and if they do, I'm predicting a 27 to 17 outcome, where the Cardinals, honestly, they just need to play their sort of game. They need to find themselves. They need to run the ball better. They need to pass block better. They need to take shots down the field and get some momentum as they head into Week Six after this. Uh, because, yeah, the, the schedule does get tougher for them. Next game, 10 a.m. game, Rams at Washington football team, which is still weird to say, but they're going to D.C. in which, you know, another game of opportunity because Dwayne Haskins, the Washington football team's starting quarterback, second-year player, uh, pretty raw to begin with. Uh, he only played at Ohio State for one year. He sat last year until later on in the season, but surprisingly, Ron Rivera has benched Dwayne Haskins in favor of Kyle Allen. Now, you could be surprised about that, but at the same time, too, I mean, Dwayne Haskins was not Ron Rivera's choice at quarterback. He became the head coach this year, so that's from the previous regime, and he could also make a case that he likes his boy, Kyle Allen who they actually traded for in the offseason, and he was actually on the Carolina Panthers. And lo and behold, Ron Rivera was the head coach for the Panthers. So I see the connection, and it's not like this Washington offense was doing that much better with Haskins. Can they do any much worse with Kyle Allen? I don't know. Maybe they need a change of pace. But they have their hands full because this Rams front seven is playing at a pretty good level right now. Now, I know that they had a really tightly contested game against the Giants the previous week, but with Aaron Donald, with Jalen Ramsey, they're getting things done. Okay, so I think for this Rams team, they're going to have, whew, they should have a field day against Kyle Allen and this porous offensive line. I'm kind of curious to see what sort of offense we're going to get uh, with Kyle Allen if Rod Rivera is going to... Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know what type of offense they're going to get because they haven't been doing too well the last couple weeks. Uh, historically, from what I saw last year when Kyle Allen was the starter for the Panthers, he did a lot of dink and dunk to Christian McCaffrey. So maybe you might see a, a ton of Alex Gibson, uh, J.D. McKissick, uh, a lot of checkdowns to his running backs. Uh, they they had the tight end Logan Thomas, interesting interesting player. And But by far their best receiver is Terry McLaren, which I'm sure Jalen Ramsey is going to have that primary matchup to lock up. Because outside of that, I mean, you have Steve Sims, but they don't really have that many good pass catchers. Uh, this running game isn't that good. This isn't a good Washington football team. And I say that because their defense is still going to be without Chris Young. They have, sure, they have a good defensive line, but, you know, this Rams offensive line has improved this year. Uh, this run game has solidified itself. Jared Goff, while he hasn't really been, he hasn't really tested the field. He doesn't have that many big plays so far this season, but he hasn't really needed to. He's been getting a lot of plays from his receivers and running backs, yards after the catch. 
And you saw that last week with Cooper Cup. You've seen that with some of their end arounds with Robert Woods and Joshua Reynolds, some Tyler Higby in the mix. And so they haven't really tested the field, um, but maybe they'll do it this week because this Washington football team, their secondary is not that good. It's not that good. This offensive line should be there to be able to maintain a clean pocket against this defensive line. And so, yeah, I, uh, I'm i on the same page as I am with the Jets as I am for the Washington football team. Uh, the Rams are clearly a superior football team. Their offensive line shouldn't have that much trouble in comparison from what you saw with, I don't know, the Niners and the Eagles when the Niners' offensive line got manhandled by the Eagles' um, front seven. But I think the Rams, they're, they're in a good spot right now. And I know they're on the road, uh, but it shouldn't matter. Rams are favored by seven, over under 46. Go ahead and give me the Rams 24 to 10. The one caveat that I am kind of intrigued about this matchup is the running game. Because now they have, officially, they have all three horses back and healthy. So Cam Akers, the rookie, is expected to play this week. You saw Malcolm Brown last week. And you've been seeing a lot of Daryl Henderson. So put that all together. What are we going to get now that they're all back and healthy? I don't know. But if I'm in fantasy football, I'm not going to touch either back. I just have no idea where the running back allocation is going to go for carries. But doesn't matter. Should be should be seen to 24 to 10 final score. Transitioning, let's go ahead and go to that one o'clock set with the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. And as I alluded to earlier, the Niners are winless. They are winless at home. They are 0 and 2. At Levi Stadium. Last week, they should have won to the Eagles. They were heavy favorites. For me, they were heavy favorites. They opened at seven. Uh, they went up to like, what, eight and a half, nine. But yeah, they lost 25 to 20. Uh, a game where, you know, all things considered, if they were healthy, they probably would have won. But no Jimmy Garoppolo, a bad offensive line. Uh, it just didn't happen. And so take all that frustration. And I'm hoping that the Niners have some sort of revenge game to silence some of the pundits uh, and also address some questions to themselves because this is a team coming off a Super Bowl, an offensive line that was supposed to be the staple for their run game. But thus far in the season, you haven't seen it. Uh, You haven't seen a good run game. You haven't seen a good offensive line. And, you know, this defense has been sputtering, trying to get a pass rush without Nick Bosa without Solomon Thomas. More so Nick Bosa, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, This team is reeling with injuries, but that shouldn't matter because they're playing the Dolphins, a Dolphins team that does not have a good defense. Uh, Now, their their run defense is not good. This might be the perfect recipe for the Niners to dial up some Jet McKinnon, some Raheem Mostert, who's slated to come back. Uh, you You could see some yaks from Debo. Uh, from Brendan Ayuk, I mean, this is a game where it, the opportunities, you know, running the ball against these Dolphins, it should be there. And more importantly, too, I think that this is a game where, you know, the Niners, their pass rush has been okay the last couple of weeks, but there could be some opportunities to get to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins' starting quarterback. Austin Jackson, rookie, right tackle, just got placed on the injured reserve, so they're going to probably do some shuffling. They're going to have a new right tackle. Uh, maybe they put their guard at right tackle. And they might put, uh, I think, this year's second-run pick, Hunt. I think Rob Rob Hunt. 
he might be inserted into the lineup. And so, you know, potentially you're going to see some some more rookies in the lineup. Uh, that does bode well for the Snyder's pass rush. Uh, some Eric Armstead, some Kerry Hyder. Uh, and I don't know. I just want to see how these Niners can do to really get their team back on track. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is playing this week. Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Debo Samuel's back. George Kittle is back. I mean, slowly, they're starting to put the band back together offensively. And I think that's the, been the biggest question mark for this Niners team thus far, a quarter way into the season. Just seeing what sort of execution they can get um, offensively to score points. Uh, but they need to get this done because after this, they play a really tough schedule in week six, starting with the Rams. And I know they have the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Saints, the Packers. They have a slew of really competitive teams in the next several weeks in which they need to get this right at home. They need to come out with a win. And this Dolphins team, while they're not the best team, they're certainly capable of putting up points. So when the Niners are on the defensive side of the football, Mentioned about their pass rush being kind of lackluster the last couple of weeks, but man, their secondary is battered up. They are hurt. And I can't believe it, but their their healthiest cornerback right now is Jason Verrett, who's typically not healthy. Akella Witherspoon is slated to come back. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, shoot. Uh, Mosley, he is out with a concussion. Dante Johnson out with a hamstring. So you might ha- uh, shoot. K1 Williams, the nickelback, just got put on injured reserve. So you're going to see, I don't know, Jason Verrett. You're going to see McKellar um, Witherspoon, hopefully. You're going to see Jamar Taylor and nickelback. But you get what I'm saying. The secondary isn't particularly well right now, and they're going against a passing offense by the Dolphins where they can take advantage because they got some playmakers, man. Devontae Parker is a nice vertical threat. Mike Jaseski is a nice tight end that moves a lot in the slot. Um, and then, shoot, even former Niner, this would be a nice revenge game for Matt Breida on the Dolphins. The Dolphins traded a fifth-round pick for Niners running back Matt Breida, and you've seen flashes. He played well last week with the 29-yard screen, and so it would be very fitting to see him more involved in the game. Uh, but all in all, I mean, this is a game where, well, the Dolphins can certainly put up points. I mean, this is a game that the Niners need to, to take care of business. They're just the better football team at this point. And I know that Byron Jones, the Dolphins cornerback, is supposed to come back off of injury. So that should improve their secondary. But overall, this is just not a good group of players collectively uh, for this Dolphins team. Flores certainly does a good job scheming. And I know he knows Jimmy Garoppolo back from his Patriots days. But I think that Kyle Shanahan and this offense needs to take some pride. This offensive line needs to take some pride in doing a better job after what we saw on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. So go ahead and give me the Niners 35-27, to 27, where they are going to give up some points, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo and having their pieces back in the fold will matter, and it will, at least for now, quiet some of the haters and really prove to themselves that they got they can get their stuff back on track because it's a really tough schedule ahead. They need to win this game. It doesn't get any easier after this. All right, last but not least, Sunday night football. Five o'clock time frame, Pacific Standard Time. And they've played each other quite a bit the last couple years, despite the Vikings being the NFC North. But 
Vikings at Seattle at the 12s. Sunday night football. The Seahawks are one of the few undefeated teams in the National Football League, but they are making themselves a nice case as one of the best teams in the NFC Conference, let alone as a Super Bowl contender. So the Seahawks are 4-0. If they were to beat the Vikings, they would be 5-0, and they would head into a lovely bye week to rest and get healthy. So Seahawks are favored by 7 one of the higher over-unders for this week. Vegas has given them an over-under of 57. Over-under 57, Seahawks favored by 7. You're talking about a Vikings team that is very familiar with the Seahawks. A Vikings team that is just coming off their first win of the season against the Texans. So, don't put out these Vikings quite yet because, yeah man, uh, last time I checked, they have a more than capable offense. I know they've been struggling. They struggled like the first couple weeks of the season. Kirk Cousins, he, I think he leads. He's right up there with interceptions. Uh, between quarterbacks, I think he has six interceptions tied with Carson Wentz. Don't quote me on that, but he had a shit ton of turnovers to start the season. He's kind of gotten better, kind of calmed himself down a bit more because you're seeing a little bit more balance. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, the run game is very important, but... Now you're seeing them starting to really utilize their receivers, both with Adam Thielen and rookie Justin Jefferson out of LSU. But, you know, is that good enough against the Seahawks team? Because the Seahawks team, I don't know if you noticed, but Russell Wilson is cooking this season. He has been a bonafide stud as a quarterback, nearly flawless this season. Interestingly enough, he struggled for the first time that I've seen so far this season against the Dolphins. Last week, he had a red zone an end zone interception, which I was kind of flabbergasted to see. But, you know, all in all, Russell Wilson is playing at a very high level and pretty much putting the team and this offense, this team together on his back because this defense right now, while they are 4-0, uh, their defense has not been the reason for their for their success. You know, I think that it's only been, what, uh, I'm just thinking aloud, Alden Robinson, uh, Puna Ford, uh, just just a couple of pass rushers, a couple defensive line that have actually touched opposing quarterbacks. And that's not good. Um, you've seen some promise out of LJ Collier, but as a whole, you know, the biggest thing going into the season was, you know, you look at this team without Jadavion Clowney, they don't really have a pass rush. And through four weeks of the season, that remains true. They are having a hard time getting to the quarterback. And I don't say... That's the reason, but the secondary has given up a ton of explosive plays. Now, you can make the case that they've been up uh, two scores and they get into their prevent, but I've seen several times, uh, I mean, look at the Seahawks game uh, when they played the Patriots, but I've seen several times where they give up plays regardless of the situation. And that's not good because Jamal Adams is out. Um, you have Quinton Dunbar. You have... Shaquille Griffin, but uh, all in all, this group just is not getting it done. And they got to figure that out. Uh, when you look at this Vikings team, I, I know that you're not necessarily scared of Kirk Cousins, but they have a pretty well-balanced offense collectively, especially if they get Delvin Cook and this run game rolling. It makes it really tough um, to see Kirk Cousins get a rhythm, have the run game going, and, and see him take a couple shots downfield and play action. 
And they can certainly do that with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who, mind you, that they've been doing much better uh, the last week versus the first two games of the season. So all in all, I mean, I think that the Seahawks offense, Chris Carson could have maybe his best game of the season, actually. He had two touchdowns last week. Very encouraging against the Dolphins, despite kind of being questionable with a knee strain. But he looks solid enough. And this Vikings front seven has been, they've been battered. Uh, against the run, they haven't been that great. I know that they're still without Daniel Hunter. Uh, I know that the secondary remains a work in progress as a rather young group. But this defense as a whole has not done a good job. And so that's why maybe you see the over-under being so high at 57. Because, to be quite honest, both these defenses uh, haven't gotten it together. This Vikings defense has been historically solid with a solid front seven, a good back end with Harrison Smith and whatnot, but you're just not seeing that this year. So uh, could this be a shootout? I can certainly see that. I think that both Chris Carson and Dalvin Cook as running backs can eat um, rushing yards and and make this uh, pretty good for fantasy football owners. But even at the same time, too, you know, Dillon, Jefferson, uh, Lockett, Metcalf, David Moore. I mean, I think everyone can kind of win for fantasy football. This is a game where I see the Seahawks winning 35-27. to It wouldn't surprise me if it was higher than that. I'm definitely taking the over. And I think that this is a game where as long as the Seahawks don't let their schedule, their sights uh, get too far ahead of them, because I know that after this game it goes into the bye week, uh, as long as they don't think too far ahead, and take care of business at home, I think that you're going to look at a Seahawks team that is going to go into their bye week undefeated at 5-0. So once again, Seahawks 35, Vikings 27. I just don't see the Vikings overcoming the Seahawks offense at this point in the season just because Russell Wilson and co. are playing that fucking good on the offense. All right, so just to recap, this is how I see the NFC West. I see the NFC West winning across the board for Week 5. I feel that strongly about it because I feel that confident about the NFC West playing against these sort of opponents. And so you have the Cardinals with the Jets. I'd say they take them out 27-17. to Rams against the Washington football team, 24-10. to Dolphins at San Francisco, the Niners get this done. Jimmy G is back, 31-20. to Last but not least, Russell Wilson and co. They are going to cook and make this a nice shootout for all fantasy football owners in which they take the Vikings out 35-27. to So, once again, thanks for checking Just the West podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. I know we're going right into the NFL Week 5, so I appreciate your time. Once again... Just the West at Just the West Twitter at Just the West Instagram and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace. <laughs>